0: Welcome to the CodeCast podcast. Real-world insights for your daily medical coding and billing processes. And now, here's your host, Terry Fletcher. Hello everyone and welcome to the CodeCast podcast. Today my name is Terry Fletcher. So today I wanted to talk about something that I think it's missed quite a bit and that those are Medicare wellness visits because there are different visits that are covered under the Medicare policies but I think some of the definitions are skewed a little bit and what patients expect to get and then what is actually covered are two different things. So first of all Medicare does pay for some preventative services and I'm air quoting a little bit here. So when we talk about some of those services what we actually are talking about are things to get the patient pretty much enrolled in the Medicare um, system. So first of all, they will pay for something called an initial preventative physical exam. Now, it's only covered once within the 12 months of the first Part B enrollment. Patient doesn't pay anything as long as you're an accept assignment provider. And it's basically to review the medical and social health history of the patient and then preventative services education. Whether you want to include an actual uh, physical exam on that is really up to you. But the routine physical exams that are covered under commercial plans are not covered by statute. They're actually prohibited to be covered under Medicare. And that's why Medicare created what what they can cover, which falls into some of the preventative services. And so if it's a routine physical exam, those are not covered under Medicare. The initial what they call IPPE, which is the initial preventative physical exam that is covered again once every 12 months, or I'm sorry, once within 12 months of the first Part B enrollment. Now what is covered from a preventative service on a routine basis? So there are annual well visits for patients under Medicare, and that is a visit to develop and or update a personal prevention plan for the patient. It also uh, has you perform a health risk assessment. There's once every 12 months, well, there's the initial, and then once every 12 months, and again, the patient does not have an out-of-pocket. Now, what's part of the, first of all, the IPPE components? Well, at a minimum, you have to collect the past medical and surgical history. So any experiences with illnesses, hospital stays, operations, allergies, etc., any injuries, current medications and supplements, uh, including if they're taking calcium or vitamins, uh, family history, so review of any medical events in the patient's family, any hereditary conditions that could place them at risk, Um, diet, physical activity, history of alcohol and tobacco and illegal drug use. And really, you know, look at some of the screening books they they talk about too. So you can talk to them about some of the substance uh, disorder screening information. But you're also going to review the patient's potential depression risk factors, uh, including current and past experiences with depression and other mood disorders. And remember that when you provide that under some of the preventative services that Medicare covers, that's not an extra charge of a depression assessment. Review patient's functional ability and safety level. So um, you're going to use just direct patient observation. And by the way, all these have to be done in person. Under the public health emergency, they are allowing them through audio and video only because you have to be able to see the patient. Otherwise, you can't observe them through just audio only. But what they want you to see also is appropriate screening questions, uh, some standardized questionnaires recognized by professional medical organizations because you want to look at their ability to perform activities of daily living. Can they? You know make their own dinner you know make their bed um, care for themselves if they're living alone any kind of potential fall risk uh, hearing impairment and home safety that's a real big one now do you have to do a physical exam not a complete one but here's what is expected to be measured height weight body mass index or waist circumference with uh, whichever one's appropriate blood pressure a visual acuity screen and other factors that are appropriate for that patient based on their medical and social history and current clinical standards. Also, end-of-life is verbal or written information offered to the patient. Don't charge extra for that. That's part of that IPPE. And then here's something that they just added in 2021. Review current opioid prescriptions. So they want you to make sure that you've reviewed their potential opioid use disorder, if it's there, if there's a risk. Evaluate their pain severity and current treatment plan. Provide information on any non-opioid treatment options. And then if they need to be referred to a specialist, then make sure that's part of the record. Um, Screening for potential substance uh, use disorder. I mentioned that before. And you may need a screening tool, but it just depends on who your MAC carrier is. It's not a a national standard right now, but you need to have something in there that um, reflects that. You can go to the National Institute on Drug Abuse Screening and Assessment. They have a tools chart. Educate, counsel, and refer based on previous components and then educate and counsel the patient on any, just you're doing like a brief written plan, maybe a checklist for the patient, uh, maybe tell them to get a screening, you know, EKG uh, once in a lifetime, anything like that. So that is something that is covered once they enroll in Medicare within a year of being enrolled. It's really kind of to get a kind of a look-see into the patient and the patient does not have an out-of-pocket so you cannot charge them for that. Now what is an annual well visit? And I know there's a little bit of a gray area sometimes when you look at that but let's talk about where we're we're headed with the annual well visit. So this also includes um, what they're talking about with a health risk assessment. So you'll see it saying it includes an HRA and what they're looking at Is that the difference between um, assessing versus just reviewing so you're basically initially uh, getting this set up for the patient you're not just reviewing and then on an ongoing basis you're going to be uh, monitoring this patient if you will so when you're looking at initial annual well visit components this applies the first time a patient gets an annual well visit So you would have them complete a health risk assessment before or during the annual well visit. Shouldn't take them more than 20 minutes. It's better to get that prior to being seen. Um, Consider the best way to communicate with the patient, especially in underserved populations. If you've got patients with limited English proficiency or health literacy needs or persons with disabilities, make sure you're you're very sensitive to that. At a minimum, collect information about their demographics, health status, self-assessment, psychosocial uh, risks, uh, could be some depression, uh, stress, anger, loneliness, some isolation issues, uh, behavioral risk, including when not limited to, they could be uh, tobacco abuse or use, physical activity limitations, um, their sexual health, motor vehicle, or, you know, seatbelt use, things like that, home safety. I know it sounds very similar to the IPPE, but Really what these are, are how frequent you can actually provide them and get paid for it and that the patient doesn't have an out-of-pocket. You also include activities of daily living in these. Um, you know, at a minimum, you need to document medical events of the patient's parents, siblings, and children um, and include any hereditary conditions that could, could place them at risk. Past medical and surgical histories, any experiences with those, use of or exposure to any medications and supplements. Um, establish a current list of their providers that you know provide care for them. Make sure if there's any part of an exam that you're doing, because this is not a physical exam. This is more a health risk assessment. Um, height, weight, body mass if you can, body mass if you can, and blood pressure, and then other routine measurements if it's appropriate. But it's it's not a physical. It's a, a, an annual well visit. It's more of an assessment. Uh, make sure you can detect, um, or be, by direct observation, any kind of cognitive impairment that the patient uh, may have. And you can consider other information from family members or anybody who takes the patient there as well. Just make sure that's well documented. Uh, same thing from the IPPE, where on direct patient observation, you need to know if they can perform activity day living, risk assessment for falls, hearing, home safety, and make sure you've got some kind of screening tools when you're looking at some of the mental health disorder because that's going to be part of it. Also include referrals to educational and counseling services or programs aimed at some kind of community-based lifestyle interventions so the patient can um, access those. The ACP which is the Advanced Care Planning this is at your di- that the patient and your discretion so you have to ask permission um, if you can provide this service during an annual well visit, but you will be able to bill that um, in addition if uh, the patient says it's fine. The only thing is that the patient will have an out of pocket for that. And if they expect to come in for a free annual well visit, you're gonna be in trouble. Um, also, that was what's been added is review current opioid descriptions or prescriptions just as it was in the IPPE, and then screening for any um, abuse or anything like that then when you actually have a patient that is um, coming back you get you can have annual well visits um, where they come back in so you have your G0438 which is the initial visit for the annual well check and then you have G0439 which is the subsequent visit. Now, if you're part of a, a federally qualified health care center, so an FQHC, you're going to use G0468. So just be aware of that. But it's always nice to know what you can bill and then what they're going to ask you for. Now, let me kind of go back up a minute. And I didn't talk about the IPPE coding. So the initial preventative physical exam, again, face-to-face, it's very specific about face-to-face is G0402. OK, and it's just a new beneficiary to Medicare, somebody who's newly covered within the 12 months of their care. Now if you're going to provide an EKG during that initial screening, you cannot bill a 93,000 code. You're going to bill for a G0403 code, OK, so you want to make sure that you're not um, overcoding that with a CPT code for a Medicare patient. So then when we get back, let's go back to the annual well visit. So some of the things on the annual well visit, you have to be specific to the diagnosis they want. Now, Medicare doesn't require you to to document a specific diagnosis code, but you want to be consistent with the patient's exam or what you perform with that patient. So if you're a physician or an PA, nurse practitioner, um, you can provide this service. So, um, You have to make sure that you are not billing this if you're an MA, that's not appropriate. Because you would not qualify as a qualified practitioner. Now, can you also bill an ENM service on the same day as an annual well visit? Technically, they say you can with a 25 modifier, but it has to be medically necessary. It has to be um, because you had to work the patient up s- separately for a new illness that you had to deal with. Not, and it has to—they said—improve the functioning. Um, of a malformed body part or deal with address a problem today, it's not just to do this inventory, if you will, because if you do that, you're going to really flag yourself for an audit. So be very, very cautious with that. Now, only during the public health emergency um, are the GO438 and GO439 available through um, audio and video. As soon as the PHE ends, they want you back in person with that patient because you can't pick up some things um, on the uh, video only. So you definitely can't pick it up on um, on the call only. So make sure you're aware of that. So when you're looking at this, and somebody always asks some FAQs on this, so I have a couple for you. Is the IPPE the same as the patient's yearly physical? No. So it's not a routine physical that many older adults get periodically from your physician. So it's just an introduction to Medicare and covered benefits, and it focuses on health promotion, disease prevention, and detection to help patients stay well. Okay, so the Social Security Act explicitly prohibits Medicare. Coverage for routine physicals. Is the annual well visit the same as a patient's yearly physical? No. So this basically, they don't cover routine physicals, this is the plan for prevention, for risk prevention. Are clinical lab tests part of either one of those uh, encounters? No. You can go ahead and make either referrals for that or you can charge for it if you provide in your office. Just make sure patients understand that they will um, have to pay for that out-of-pocket. So if you have, let's say, the deductible and copay for the IPPE, Medicare waives both the coinsurance or the copayment and the Part B deductible for IPPE, but neither is waived for the screening EKG. So the G0403 to G0405, those are still part of that, um, part of their out-of-pocket. And so the copayment for the annual well visit and the follow-up, Those are also inclusive. And what happens if a patient enrolls in Medicare in 2020? Can they still get their IPPE in 2021 if it wasn't uh, performed in 2020? Yes, a patient who hasn't had an IPPE and whose initial enrollment began in 2020 is eligible as long as it's been that 12-month, within that 12-month period. But check with your MAC carrier for that. Who's eligible for the annual well visit? Patients who aren't within a 12-month after eligibility date, okay, um, for their first Medicare Part B benefit period and who didn't have an IPPE or an annual well visit within the past 12 months. So remember, the IPPE is only once per lifetime, and you can have one additional annual well visit per year thereafter. Now, can you bill, somebody keeps asking this question, can you bill an EKG? And the annual well on the same date, yes. But right, make sure you know the patient will have an out of pocket for that, and you're going to use your your G codes for that. But um, and you want to check first to see if that patient has had these services with any other provider, because sometimes they don't have a good memory for that, and it's always important to to know. So how do you check to see if they've had it? Well, go through the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, so the HIPAA Eligibility Transaction System, it's called HETS, H-E-T-S, or through your provider uh, call center interactive voice response. You can tell from there when you enter the patient's information. So try to really look at this if you need to go to the uh, Medicare Claims Processing Manual so you understand it even uh, more. It's Chapter 18, Section 80 for IPPE, Section 140 for Annual Well Visit. Um but just one the reason I even wanted to bring this up is because I don't do a lot of primary care, but I do audit a lot of primary care. But I'm finding that some of my E and M audits are patients here to establish care. And I get that all the time. And that's not a problem oriented visit. That could be considered um preventative if the information is similar to what's being required for either an annual well visit or an annual physical which again would be hundred percent out of the patient's pocket and more than just you know a survey and when i'm seeing all of these level five visits on telehealth which makes me cringe by the way um, and what i'm seeing brought forward in the note from an in-person visit it's terrible because patients aren't being seen so how can you bring forward an exam that doesn't even make sense And so just know that this is something that is on the radar for HHS and OIG and you have to do it correctly also you definitely want to capture it so if your primary care uh, family practice internal medicine even if you're cardiology and you, and you run a family practice or you treat patients for that then this is something that you want to consider you know charging for and getting in there and because the patient doesn't have um, an out-of-pocket for it but just be consistent in how you bill for it make sure you have your risk factor reduction format uh, your templates and any screening Tools that you need to be able to bill for that, but try to make sure the patient understands what they're responsible for financially and what they're not because right now that's becoming a huge issue. So, next week, I actually want to talk a little bit about HCC coding, it's not 100% in my wheelhouse, but I am auditing for it right now. I don't necessarily train for it all the time, but I probably should based on how much I work with it over the last few years, but I'm just going to give you some tips to make sure you're accurate, what it means to um, report your H- HCCs, your hierarchy codes for Medicare Advantage plans, and then what to look out for as far as the OIG and HHS. because there's been a, a huge issue with people overcoding and reporting codes that no longer exist just so they can get a bigger piece of the pie and I don't want you to get in trouble. So that's going to be next week on the, the CodeCast podcast. All right, everyone, if I sound a little tired today, I am. I just got back from uh, Arizona visiting my daughter and my son-in-law, and it was 107 degrees out there. So I am recovering from being hot. Um, But I'm hopefully on the upswing, and uh, we'll have a little more energy next week. So everyone, make it a great day and a great rest of your week, and thank you for listening to the CodeCast podcast. For more information on medical coding, billing, auditing, and compliance, including how to hire Terry, follow Terry on Twitter, at Terry Coder 1 or visit her website at www.terryfletcher.net podcast producer Joe Kuzma music producer Assassin Music